Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All systems go in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Well, I'm a living thing. And Sherry. Do you know how weird I am? And now, from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And welcome on in to the Bob and Sherry show. Lamar is with us. Hi, Lamar. How are you doing today? Hey, hey, I'm good, good, good. We've got Doc, we got Max, and uh, Sherry, and me. And uh, kind of a sad thing, a lot of people may not know who this guy is. Richard Roundtree was an American actor and was known as the first black action hero for his portrayal of the private detective Shaft. The film was released in 1972, and it was an amazing hit. It was a very, very big song. I think it may have gone number one. Isaac Hayes wrote it, I believe, and uh, recorded it, and uh, it was played all over the place. My connection to this song is when I was... Just out of my teens, I was working for a radio station, and they had a morning man on who was an older guy and really didn't know the music very well. And so he was told to play, you know, the stack of music, and uh, Shaft, I think it was an oldie then, uh, was one of the songs. So he was spinning vinyl, and uh, I'm driving into a staff meeting. It's like 8.15 in the morning. I've been up until like two in, in the evening. I'm really tired. And I put on the radio station and it's a, it's a, it's a big, big station. And I'm listening to uh, this guy. And all of a sudden he says, here's, here's one you might remember from the movie Shaft. And um, I'm listening to it. The opening to Shaft is a minute and seven seconds long. And I know that because I used to play it and you'd have to know. And I'm listening to it as I'm driving in. It doesn't sound right. And I'm thinking, is he playing like some sort of a deep album cut version of Theme from Shaft? Because this does not. And it's going on and on and on. This, this wah-wah guitar. And I'm going, there's something wrong here. For two minutes... 14 seconds this went on because he was playing Shaft at the wrong speed and he didn't know it. He was playing it, it's a 45, he was playing it like a 33. And then the vocal hit. (laughs) 
But the funniest, the funniest part really is of all the lyrics in the world to go slow. The first, the works are, the lyrics are, who's the black private dick? Who's a sex machine to all the chicks? Shaft. (laughs) I was in, I was in tears. I was absolutely in tears. No, he pulled it after, after like the first verse. You know, he's he's a smart guy. He just was he was not a hip guy. <laughs> oh, my God. And I can't even remember if it was brought up at the staff meeting. I don't think it was. I think people did not want to embarrass him. That Interesting bit of trivia about this song. You, you've heard of, you know, the disco era. This is thought to yeah. be the first song of the disco era. And if you, oh, listen, know that. If you listen, it has right? all the production elements. It has the horns. It has that beat. It has that uh, production. The wah-wah guitar. Oh, yeah. That's That's really funny. (laughs) Well, Richard Rontree, he was was a real gentleman and did a great job as John Shaft. We got a lot of things coming. Damn right. Damn right. (laughs) A lot of things coming your way today. This is the Bob and Sherry Show. You got the idiots and morons in the news in about 25 minutes and a whole lot more. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, we have some news on the actor Danny Masterson, who, of course, you know, is um, in prison now for uh, multiple counts of rape. He's been expelled from the Church of Scientology and has been labeled a suppressive person, which means nobody else who's still in the Church of Scientology is allowed to have anything to do with him if they want to stay in good standing in the church. That would include his soon-to-be ex-wife and mother of his daughter, Bijou Phillips. So all other church members are required to cut ties with him. His family members, except for his dad, are Scientologists. And his sister, Alana, is one of the uh, cast members on The Walking Dead. So, And he has a, uh, his brother, Christopher, was on, I want to say, Malcolm in the Middle? I think mm-hmm. Christopher Masterson was one of the brothers. Anyway, he has now been banished from Scientology and not because of uh, the rape conviction. He's expelled because um, the church said that uh, he is not an ethical person, which I think is the minimum um, that you would have to agree yeah. with here. Yeah. yeah, that's dodging it a little bit, isn't it? Wow. So uh, a lot of apparently, so according to the, um, I read a couple of news stories on this um, last night and this morning, and according to um, these reports, many people in Scientology were complaining that they're, they have friends and family members that they've had to cut off and they're never allowed to see them again. Parents, children, brothers, sisters. So why is Danny Masterson allowed to be a Scientologist in good standing when he's brought, quote, a horrible public relations situation onto the church with those felony rape convictions. Let that sink in. A public relations problem. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so Scientologists are asking, 
why are we declared suppressive for going on the internet or watching Leah Remini's show and doing mm-hmm. other things that are far less extreme than what he's been charged with? And so there was so much pressure from inside the church that the head of Scientology, David Miscavige, had to find a way to make it die down so that because it was getting it was getting uncomfortably close to some of these very hypocritical rules that the church has for big celebrities versus regular people. And so they booted him. They expelled him from it, which is a really big deal because uh, the reason he got away with it for as long as he did is because Scientology covered him and protected him. Wow. Bijou Phillips has had uh, really an unusual life. Of course, her father was John Phillips, the genius behind and troubled man behind uh, the Mamas and the Papas. Was Michelle Phillips uh, her mother? No. She was not? No. Someone else. Yeah. Um, It's really sad. Now, she... Him as a father. Right right when Danny Masterson was um, convicted and sentenced, she filed for divorce but, you know, there are all kinds of reasons for that. And we talked about it, um, protecting assets and because there are going to be civil suits against Danny Masterson. And, right. you know, it, it doesn't look good for him winning those. What with him defending it from prison? So, right. the, you know, the divorce may I mean, she may still love him and believe in him. But, you know, they had to do this to protect so she doesn't lose the house where she and their little girl live. This is mm-hmm. a big deal for the church to kick him out. I can't think. Um, other than you can't even say they kicked Leah Remini out. Leah Remini left the, like all of the people who've left Scientology, all of the famous people, they left Scientology. I can't remember a famous person being kicked out ever. How about you, Max? You follow this. No, Anything come into any, mind? No, I can't remember anybody no. being no. kicked out. It's it's really shocking to hear. And he's in prison right now because yep. <clears throat> here's a here's a guy that really uh, was pretty famous and had the world by the tail. And, you know, to spend has he been sentenced to life? I know a long time anyway. It's 30 years, 30 years. Which could so be life. I mean, you don't could know, be life. Right? Yeah. And you just you just must say to yourself, how how stupid am I? How awful am I that I not not only that I did what I did and I ended up here, but look what I had. There are so many people that want to be famous and well to do or rich coming to Hollywood. And I had it. And then look where I am right now. That must be, I'm, 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 I don't know how you live with that every day. You know, you know what? I don't know how you live with. Violently sexually assaulting people. That's what I don't know. Yeah, that's a given. That's a given. I'm super bummed that you don't have like your money and fame anymore, but how your conscience, how you sleep at night with that, man. Mm. We got morons in the news straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With morons in the news. Wait till you hear how this guy woke up in the middle of the night. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Lightning may not strike twice in the same place, but cars twice struck a Sioux Falls home in the last two years. The most recent one, 
A 40-year-old man drove his SUV off the street and ran into the corner of a house owned by Jesse Peterson. The 40-year-old man of Sibley, Iowa, was arrested for DUI and taken into custody. This was his second DUI. This is the second time this house was hit by a vehicle in the last two years. Another drunk driver drove his truck off the street and hit this home and another house next to it. The homes are owned by brothers Jason and Jesse Peterson. In 2021, Jason woke up to find the truck's headlights beside his face. He was still in bed and he opened up after the crash and the truck's headlights were right in his face. The front of the truck where the nightstand used to be. That nightstand obviously was totally destroyed. Jason suffered a concussion and lost two weeks of work. The brothers met with city officials six times in an attempt to put a barricade up to prevent vehicles from crashing into their homes. Quote, they told us each time, we can't put a strong barricade in our yard like a boulder or stop cars from crashing into our houses because, hold on to something, it puts the driver in danger and could kill him. (laughs) What about Jason? What about Jason? He's just trying to sleep and there's a headlight in the man's face. I say I give the brothers a furniture. <laughs> yeah, right. That's for sure. Get them a well, boulder, Lamar. Police are looking for two men who broke into a South Memphis hair store and stole $13,000 worth of merchandise. The business owner gave police video footage which showed a white Cadillac SUV pull up to the store. One of the suspects pulls a chain out from the trunk. They tie it to the door. The other suspect reportedly put the SUV in drive and ripped the front door off. Together, the suspects used bolt cutters to cut the remaining locks off the door. They entered the store, grabbed multiple hair products. The owner said that the front door damage alone was $7,000, and he also claimed that the men stole bundles of hair totaling $13,000 and his Sony laptop worth $2,300. What's left of the front doors were propped open the next Friday afternoon, welcoming customers back in for a 70% closeout sale because the owner says after years in business, he's done with the location and he's done with Memphis crime. The store is set to close in a month. Oh, no. According to Memphis Police Department, the suspects fled the scene and have not been found. Here's my question. What does $13,000 worth of hair look like, and who's shopping for it? <laughs> Do you just come in and get it by the pound? I mean, I don't know. Is it by the handful? I, I, I'm you, not understanding You think that. those were wigs? Were those wigs, do you think, Sherry? It doesn't say wigs. It said, it said hair. Now, unless he's making hair. wigs, I don't know. I don't know. Extensions. $13,000 yeah, worth of hair. Who knows? Who knows? But right. God bless him for it. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go to Atlanta for today's moron of the day. So Susan Hodgson um, owns a, piece, a house, piece of property that's been in her family for a very, very long time. Now, no one was living in the house at this exact moment, but the grass was cut, 
the yard is clean, the taxes are paid, the house is maintained, everything's up to date. It just did not happen to be occupied. You know how that is sometimes in families. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. a grandparent's house and they just haven't sold it or whatever. Susan mm-hmm. went on vacation. And while she was out of town, a demolition crew showed up at the house. And a neighbor, mm-hmm. a neighbor saw this and went, oh, well, this, this can't be right. So she goes over to the demolition workers and she said, excuse me, what, what are you doing here? And they told her to shut up and mind her own business. So she went back home and she sent another family member over. And that family member said, we need to see a permit for what you're doing here. So the, the worker goes and gets the permit. They look at it and the worker goes, oh, yeah, this is the wrong address. And then they demolished the house. They took it oh, down no. to the ground. And when Susan came home from vacation, she found instead of grandma's house, a gigantic pile of rubble. That would be so upsetting. And they knew they had the wrong address. So Uh I know that I know that nobody is the boss of you and nobody wants to be told what to do. And, oh, you know, my way or the highway. But before you take a bulldozer to someone's house, I'd go ahead and double check. Yeah. Yeah, I would Mm. double check that. There's a good chance you're not going to get paid for bulldozing the wrong house, wouldn't you think? (laughs) Wait till you see the picture. Wait till you guys see the picture of this home. Just, I mean, it's crazy what they did. Susan is a person with really big restraint because Susan said, I'm just left with a big old mess, which is. Well, she's she's also left with a lawyer's number. Believe me, that's going to be a lawsuit. Yeah, we'll yeah, get that yeah. posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we have a round of Bob and Sherry small plates, comedian Bill Burr and the easiest trick ever to know exactly what color is perfect for you. So simple. It's beautiful. It's coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Here's Bob and Sherry's Sherry Lynch. This October, we're partnering with an incredible female-owned American business called Check Feather and Down to give away 10 strength and comfort breast recovery pillows. Whether you use them for post-surgical support after a mastectomy, lumpectomy, or reduction, the strength and comfort breast recovery pillow cushions and protects. Whether you use it to sleep or to drive, you can win one of 10 right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Celebrating Breast Cancer Awareness Month. To enter, just go to bobandsherry.com. The Bob and Sherry website, the oddcast, contest info, bobandsherry.com. Well, we're coming up on um, clock change time, uh, Sunday, November 5th this year. And once again, the whole daylight savings time is being debated. So the sun, the Senate passed, last year the Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act, which was supposed to make daylight savings time permanent in 2023 Mm -hmm. it's stalled Mm -hmm. in the house of representatives so it needs to go back for another vote in congress but since congress is the most i don't even there are preschool classes with hopped up two-year-olds that are more functional right now than the united states (laughs) congress but if they if it comes back um and congress passes it we would we would be in permanent daylight savings time. What do you think about that? 
Are you for that? I hate thing. the clock changing, yeah. by the way. I, the clock yeah. changing. Yeah. The crazy. only issue I have is children waiting for school buses in the dark. Yeah. I it's agree true. with that completely. So, like, the sun rises at around 7.15 on average in the, in the very deepest part of winter. On permanent daylight savings time, the sun wouldn't rise until 8.15 in the morning. Wouldn't that be so weird, having it be dark until then, that late? Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, how about we let the kids go to school later, which is what we should be doing anyway. Anyway. And cut back on, and cut back on homework. That's what I say. Cut back on homework. Go to school later. Everybody will feel better. Hey, Bob, it's too bad 10-year-olds can't vote. You'd go all the way to the White House on that platform. Yeah, you really would. (laughs) (laughs) And free ice cream on Fridays. Yeah, throw that in there, too. That's right. That's right. So um, we thought, you know, this time last year, there was a strong possibility that this will be the last time, you know, that we changed our clocks. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, kids, remember, a vote for Bob Lacey is a vote for sleeping (laughs) in and not having homework. It's Bob and Sherry. We are so excited about Bob and Sherry Premium. Well-marbled, juicy, and always fresh with loads of behind-the-scenes photos and videos, exclusive content including our classic chat room calls and our best of CDs. And best of all, it's just $4.99 a month. BobandSherry.com slash premium. Small Plates is sponsored by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. And the first two plates come out of Great Britain. Phoning a friend is a minefield. According to a British etiquette guide, you must warn a friend by text these days before you call and let them know the topic you're going to be covering. If they don't answer, do not leave a message because people are not picking up on messages. Etiquette coach William Hansen says, how we communicate with others will always evolve, unquote. That's this, not evolving, that's devolving. That's de- I, f- I agree with you completely. That's ridiculous. But then again, my kids don't pick up the phone half the time and they never listen to I don't even to bother a voice with a message. message. Yeah. Never. Allie was the first one I noticed that with. And so now when I call her, if she doesn't pick up, and she does most of the time, I don't leave a message at all. But the idea of saying, uh, hey, Jeff, um, I'm going to be calling you in a little while. I want to be talking about, you know, my visit to you or whatever it may be. What, is it just more of this? We just don't, we're afraid of communicating with one another? Technology evolves, right? There was a time when people were like, I'm not using the telephone. How rude. <laughs> Technology evolves and people's behavior evolves with it. That's all. Yeah, I, I guess you so. Know? Yeah, I but guess. I mean, it's it's so easy to look at your phone. And you say, oh, it's it's Lamar. Hello, Lamar. I, I You know, the idea that Lamar is going to be saying, uh, well, I'm coming to visit. I would, I would hope I could talk to you about it just seems kind of ridiculous. You know, now that you speak of this, I don't know that you've ever picked up when I've called you. I'm not sure. Uh, I got to think about that. Yes, I Go ahead and give us, let's just move on. I don't want to hurt feelings. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. I was was probably following my wife's instructions (laughs) for the day. Uh, This is is also, as I mentioned, from Great Britain. Serial cheater. Share signs to watch for with your husband. 
A British father of three who's been cheating on his wife for an entire 11-year period during their marriage is spilling some info. The man who goes by Dark Horse says there are definite signs to watch so that you can find out if your guy is cheating. And here are the signs. There will be a tech trail. He suddenly works a lot. He'll have a decreased sex drive. He'll forget important dates. There will be a money trail. And he can't keep his story straight. Dark Horse warns women that if their partner starts apologizing for anything and everything, that's a huge tip-off because he's feeling guilty about the infidelity. Knowledge is power. Don't get gaslit. That last one is kind of interesting. If a guy all of a sudden <laughs> is apologizing, oh, oh my goodness, I, f- I forgot to get the ketchup. Ah, I am so sorry. I'm going back to get the ketchup right now. That's interesting. Can I just say something about the sex drive thing? Yeah. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. Oh, Ollie, that's yeah, all he true. cares about. <laughs> I don't know. Where's the balance in there? Yeah, you're right. It's a tricky thing for guys. That's exactly right. Yeah. True. My uh, my favorite thing in the morning is Thomas's English muffins. And listen to this. Thomas's is coming out with a croissant bread. Thomas's English muffins are already an iconic food, but that's not enough for them. What makes Thomas's croissant bread so unique, and it's starting uh, to be rolled out in the Northeast where they came from, is that it's made in a croissant-style lamination process, resulting in 72 layers in each loaf to get that signature flakiness you would expect from a croissant. And the best part is you can pop it in the toaster. Thomas's croissant bread rolling out in the Northeast in about a month. I don't know. I'm not a big croissant guy, but I like Thomas's so much. I may give that a try. Um, why are you not a croissant guy? I only ask because I know the answer is going to be delightful. Um, I don't know. The, every time I get why one, it's, get it's, it's too, it's too buttery. It's, what? There's just nothing. There's is too buttery. Too, much. too buttery. Yeah, I don't like it. That's, I want. That's not I even a. That's not even a word. Not even a word. I want to control the butter a little bit, and you can't. You want to control the butter? You're such yeah. a Virgo. Yeah. That is such a Virgo <laughs> thing to say. I would like to control the butter. Here's it's what Lamar feels. Here's what Lamar feels. I would like to be dominated by the butter, spanked by, <laughs> yelled at, punished. Yes! Punish me, butter. Yes. What are you wow. Give me about, the butter Thomas? and the hose. Butter, yes. butter, butter. <laughs> butter. Wow. Kate Bitty. Mi- butter. Miss- Mrs. Lamar is a lucky woman, I can tell you that much. <laughs> and that's it. Small plates. Y'all behave yourselves. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, it's the Bob and Sherry show, and I'm... Uh, I know it's down the road a little bit, but I'm looking so forward to the weekend. Mary and I are going to see a Gary Lewis and the Playboys tribute band, and that should be really, really exciting. This um, surely we- was not your idea. This doesn't sound like a you kind of an idea. I mean, I think it's going to be a fun night, and you're going to be glad you went. Whose idea was this? Because I know it wasn't yours. It doesn't really exist. I just kind of made a ha-ha there. 
because no one would go to a Gary Lewis and the Playboys tribute. Band. What is a Gary Lewis and the Playboys song? This diamond ring doesn't shine for me anymore. And this diamond. Don't you know that she's just my style? Everything. He was Gary Lewis's son. Jerry, okay. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis's son. Jerry Lewis, uh, the actor. And, uh, yeah. And he really didn't have much of a voice, but because he was connected, he got these great producers like Leon Russell to produce his records. And they became hit after hit after hit. But he was real dorky looking. The, the group had an accordion player, which is not cool. Ooh, yeah. but I like they an had, accordion. You like an accordion? Really? Yep. I do. I mean, how can what, you what, not like... What does like, that mean, I mean you, li- you like an accordion? What, what is that? How mean? can you not like an accordion? That's weird. God, it, does, it's a mo- it does everything. The, the accordion does it all. It's I mean, not a rock God. instrument. It's not, it's it not a rock be. instrument. It can It shows be. up in Bruce Springsteen songs. Yep. Yeah, kind of, I, kind of, um, what's the word? It, it's a throwback to Cajun. There are certain cool accordions. This Daddy is not gets a, a squeeze box. I like that, it. That is not, I like it. This is not a rock sound right here. You cannot tell me that this is a rock sound. You can make it a rock sound. You can make tell, it tell a me, rock sound. Tell me it's a rock. It's been done. Max who? will find some rock music done by the accordion in just a minute. I know he will. I'm yeah, he doesn't you. have enough to do. I'm telling you. They said the same thing so. about the banjo, and there was a guy that toured playing rock music on a banjo. So it can happen. It's not in it, Plus, it's, it's lively and it's fun. It's lively. It makes you happy to be alive. Yeah, well, that's the thing place. about in its own that's, place. If it's if I'm on the having lunch with Mary at a cafe in Paris, I'd like to hear some damn accordion music in the background, but not at a rock concert. Yeah, well, Eddie, when you hear somebody play "Inna the God of Vida" on that, you'll know it's got awesome. Oh no! I mean, you can't just ban it from the whole. Can I tell you some rock songs that have an accordion? We can work it yeah. out yes. by the Beatles. God only knows by the Beach Boys. Uh, greatest songs ever uh, made. Let me see. Yes. Let me see. Let me see. The band. You've heard the band. Rocking chair. That does. Uh, Mr. Bojangles by the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band does. Mm. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Bruce Springsteen. It, let Let's go. Yeah. Ba- let's go back to the Beatles. We can work it out. That sounds. I'm not saying you. If you've got a list, you've got a list. But that sounds. I know that song. That does not sound like an accordion. That sounds like some sort of uh, an electric uh, organ. Well, they're not it doing a not... solo, but it's there, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, if it says it has an accordion, are you disputing my list? No, I'm just saying God. that they're... They, it's they, on the they, internet. Everything on if, the internet's true. Come on. Squeezebox by The Who. There's another one. Yeah, but, I mean, that's almost tongue-in-cheek. That's almost tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> It's not, if, if I go to a rock concert, all right, if you go to see ACDC and all of a sudden they got a new member and he's playing the accordion, aren't you going like, what's you, up with this? You didn't say ACDC, you just said rock, which is pretty broad. Right, right. I'll tell you what, right, so when I see the come accordion come out, I'm tapping my foot. I'm tapping my foot. I'm on it. Did you play the accordion and become a puppeteer when you were young? And you've never mentioned it? Yeah, ventriloquist. No. No, no, no. I've concentrated on one or two talents. I stayed, I stayed <laughs> narrow focus, narrow focus. 
Excellent. Well, you know, I, I, I actually did play the accordion when I was a kid. I took lessons for about a year. Am, am I how really can you turn in, your back on that instrument? Am, am I really sitting here in the middle of three men who are arguing about what role the accordion should have in rock and roll? Um, Listen yeah, to it. There pretty much. Go. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, I'm a lucky doesn't, girl. It yeah. doesn't belong, no. Sherry, what's it like working with only men? There's never any other women to talk to. I'm oh, holding it's up a, dream. a fist with two fingers. Fist with two it's fingers. It's a dream. Go, it's a dream. Go, sometimes baby, we argue about butter, and sometimes I listen to them argue about the accordion. And every night I say, baby Jesus, if tomorrow they could talk about football. <laughs> it was just a joke. Gary Lewis, the Playboy's true. I bet fan. you this. The accordion player never goes home alone, if you know what I mean. Oh, this, there you go. This. All there those you magic go. fingers. Yeah, those magic fingers with both hands. Yes, Bob. <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters, so make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. You're going to love this one. Here's comedian Bill Burr. I love women, though. This is my deal. I love women, but you know what I'm finding? I'm not compatible with them. You know? I'm serious. Women have, like, too much energy for me. That's what I've noticed, you know? Like, you can't have a day off when you have a girlfriend. They just, like, see that open day. They're like, oh, my God, let's go fill it up with some stuff. <laughs> no, and then they just come at you with one horrible idea after another. Horrible ideas, like, you want to make some sandwiches and go to the park? <laughs> no, <laughs> every one of their ideas involves, like, walking around, like, looking at stuff. It's almost like they're trying to wear you down. Like two or three stores, you're like leaning on stuff. <laughs> I don't care. Just buy something. I don't care. You know what the worst one is? You ever get that one? You want to go to brunch? You want to go to brunch on Sunday? And inside you're like, no! But you can't say that. You got to keep them happy, right? So what do you do? You're like, yeah, let's go to brunch. What a great idea. Why would you want to sleep in on a Sunday when you can go pay $18 for eggs? Now nah, you're thinking. Now nah, you're thinking. Then we can sit around and listen to your friends have moronic conversations about the eggs. Like, is that pesto? Is there pesto in your omelet? Oh, it's asparagus. It's asparagus. I thought it was pesto. I oh, just want to flip the whole just run out of there. So, I was dating this girl recently. This girl's like really like into like women's issues. <laughs> she got me this book on women's lib one time, right? So I'm reading this thing. I think women's lib was a great thing. Like back in the 70s, I thought it was cool, you know? Over the last couple of years though, I think that whole women's movement, it's really starting to morph into kind of like this reverse pimping kind of thing, you know? Because every time you see them on TV, they always say, all we want is to be treated exactly like guys, right? But if you listen to them, they don't. They only want the good stuff of being a guy. They look at a guy's life like it's like a buffet. <laughs> like you just can start picking out stuff. 
Like, same amount an hour? We'll take some of that. Pay for the movie? That's okay. You can keep that one. I like that. This is nice. That's yucky. That's icky. I mean, come on, people. You can't choose. This girl gave me a rough time one time. She goes, well, why does a guy make more an hour to do the exact same job? I go, I'll tell you why. Because in the unlikely event that we're both on a Titanic and it starts to sink, for some screwed up reason, you get to leave with the kids and I have to stay. <laughs> no, that's why I get the dollar more an hour. You know, if there's a house fire, it's always women and children first. I gotta stand there with like the back of my shirt on fire going, let's go people, let's go, let's go. <laughs> So that's how I look at it. No, it's a dollar an hour surcharge. <laughs> Seriously, that if something screwed up happens, either I can't leave or I gotta like get in the way of it to give you a head start, like rabbit dog, run honey, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> you hear a bump in the night, I gotta go check it out, like yes, he does have a knife. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think a woman should make a dollar less an hour to do the exact same job, okay? I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is if you're gonna make what I make when the boat sinks, you better be standing right there next to me, listening to that guy play the cello. <laughs> then you get the corner office. <laughs> I got a problem. You got all the benefits. That's why I didn't like that movie, The Titanic. You know? You know what I hate about that movie? Every girl I meet thinks that movie's romantic. Like, oh my God, that was so romantic, don't you think? No! <laughs> no, I don't. It was a horror film. like, why? Why? Because all the guys die. <laughs> See, you're sitting there watching it going, who would I be in that scenario? You'd be that chick floating away on the big piece of luggage. I'm watching it going, who would I be? I'd be that dude when, like, the boat breaks in half, that dude who, like, falls straight down, bangs off the stuff and goes into the water. That's who I'd be. I'd be wearing a tuxedo, not because I wanted to, but you wanted to dress up that night, right? <laughs> H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab. Look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. It's Bob and Cherry. Bob and Cherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandcherry.com. I love this time of the year because no matter where you live or where you go, there's the haunted mill, the haunted farm, the haunted hutch, whatever it is, right? I love these little haunted house and horror attractions. I'm so sad that I've never visited the Haunted Chicken House in Alabama. So here's the story. Um, The Seven Oaks Chicken Farm back in 2003 took a really bad turn when the farmer who lived there, his name is Dan, imported some genetically altered roosters to boost his business. Well, the birds mutated into violent monsters. And chicken farmer Dan had no choice but to recruit an entire army of other slashers and monsters to help fight them. And you can actually go through the haunted chicken house in Alabama and deal with crazy chicken Dan and his genetically mutated roosters. Isn't that so original and fun? 
I'm so, so sad. Now, if you're in Colorado, you can go to the Frightmore Compound. They are having their 40th year in business. So it's a multi-leveled experience. There's a haunted house with all sorts of ghosts. There's a museum of monsters. And they even have a, a simulator experience that allows you to get to feel what it is to be buried alive. And then there's mm. mini escape rooms. <laughs> and it's it's all very detailed and intense. And 40 years in Colorado, well, let me tell you what it doesn't have. It doesn't have violent, genetically mutated roosters and a mm-hmm. farmer named Chicken Dan. <laughs> Alabama, you're so lucky! You're so lucky to have this. It's spooky season. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. It is talk back time. Now you can give us a call on the phone at 844-52-SHERI or if you have the free Bob and Sherry app which you can use to listen to the show and text the studio and enter contests and listen to all of our podcasts including the oddcast Talking Lamar and True Weird Stuff there's a little cartoon microphone in the bottom center of the screen just happen and talk and the app will do the rest. Hey Bob and Sherry I was just catching up on some podcast episodes and at one point you guys mentioned about Spirit Halloween and masks I work at Spirit Halloween the last three years, and I can attest to the whole mask situation. Unfortunately, we cannot disinfect them or even clean them because it will damage the masks. And I just thought that was really funny that you guys mentioned about that. Um, and, and I don't blame you, Sherry. Um, while there's some masks that are fun to wear, I don't think I'd be able to I can only wear them to up to a point and I'm not too crazy about the fact that we can't find a way to uh, disinfect them or anything. It was first where we wanted, where we had it, where people could not wear masks due to the whole pandemic. And that was when I started working there, which was uh, so, but now it's kind of, eh. Who cares at this point? It's, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. So it doesn't matter if we have a sign up saying don't try on the masks. Um, and I do think about people putting on those masks um, right after other people have tried them on. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> love the show and love you guys. And again, to Lamar, uh, welcome aboard. It's been great listening to you guys. Bye. I think we should change the name of our country to the United States of uh, who cares about that? Because that's that's kind of where we are. Where are you going to do? What are you going to do? Something's going to kill you. Put the mask on. That's right. Stop being a baby. That's right. I do believe we have another one. So I'm listening to y'all now talk about the artificial eye from Goodwill. (laughs) When I was in high school, my science teacher had an artificial eye. And if you fell asleep in his class, he would pop his eyeball out, set it on your desk, and then drop books next to you to wake you up. So when you jumped up from the loud noise of the books, you looked down and seen his eyeball and his open eye socket. 
It made you never want to fall asleep in his class again. Was that the children that, of the corn middle school? Did you, did you grow up in a Farrelly Brothers movie? Really? <laughs> <laughs> that is something. Oh oh I can't God. imagine. Boy, I Could tell you, you what, do I, that? Could you do that no. now? Could you, because there are parents who, Mm -hmm. like if, if Olivia came home and said, Mr. So-and-so took his fake eye out and put it on my desk and banged his books to wake me up, you'd have to scrape me off the floor laughing. Okay. But I'm a, you know, I'm a product of hardcore immaculate non-Catholic school. There are parents who would demand that that person be fired for doing that. I think today in the United States, who cares? Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Eyewitness yes. News, as soon as that happened, would be there, and the lead would be, Hi, I'm Bob Lacey, outside of the Children of the Corn Middle School. I know many teachers want their students oh. to keep an eye on them, but not this way. <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. Oh, I was God. asleep, Mr. Lacey, and I just dozed off. It was so hot in the classroom, and I looked up, and then I saw... My teacher's eyeball looking at me. Are you kidding me? No way could you do that today. But you can't fire this handicapped teacher who's working through his handicap to have a career. He's only got one eye. He's only got one. Yeah, there you go. I just just feel like, do we really want to live in a world where this kind of awesomeness (laughs) is not allowed to happen? I mean, oh you're not going to fall asleep in Mr. So-and-so's social studies class again. I can tell you that. that. Let me go ahead and say not this. He's one of the favorite teachers at that school. He is one of the favorite you teachers think? at that I school. I think so, yes. 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 Wow. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He would be great. Yes. yes. I've told <laughs> this before. I was in uh, a guy. His name was Mr. Brown, and he was a teacher who taught math in seventh grade at uh, North Haven Middle School. And... Um, he was young. I, th- I think he was probably 28, 30 years old. And he hated it when people would be talking as class began. And so one day he hid in the closet in the back of the room and didn't, didn't move. And we, we filed in there. And everybody sat down and we're waiting for Brown to come in. And then you know what happens. Kids start talking and talking and talking. All of a sudden, he took both hands and hit those doors and went, Ha! <laughs> 30 kids went up in the air 30 kids went up in the air and you're right Lamar nobody was talking anymore in Brown's class that nope. was it nope. it's Bob and Sherry instant access to the podcast, podcast and fun side just download the free Bob and Sherry app breast cancer awareness month is a global reminder to prioritize breast health spread awareness and support survivors and patients alike this month we're teaming up with check feather and down to give away strength and comfort breast recovery pillows win one now at bobandsherry.com i'm going to ask you to describe after you hear this what your scariest haunted house would be okay here we go okay it's a haunted house but it's actually just a bunch of rooms filled with people you should definitely know, but it's too late to ask what their names are. And they keep making very thoughtful comments, letting you know that they have paid attention and remember important details about your life. <laughs> are you in a cold sweat? Totally. Oh, my God. oh, oh God. that is a, that is a spooky house. Oh my God. Would- I'm getting the, I'm getting the sweats just thinking about it. 
I knew that was going to be very upsetting. Because you can't oh call all of them Bud. You know, you can't call you them can't. all Bud. No. <laughs> and just when you're going, why do? what is this person's name they're saying? And Bob, of course, I have always enjoyed your stories of old Lyme. Oh, they've been listening for a long time. I've I know. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you, Bud. Also, no. Woo. That would be awful. For me, I think it would be all of the lovely women who have been in my life commenting to one another about me. <laughs> As you go from room to room. Room to room. It's your version of the Eras tour, but it's a hellscape. <laughs> exactly. And then and then at the end there always has to be like the scariest payoff at the end of the haunted house. They all converge together. <laughs> I think for me, and this has actually happened to me a time or two in real life. Here's my here's my haunted house. I have been invited to a brunch to celebrate an upcoming, we'll say wedding. And so the, the bride's grandmother is throwing this brunch. And I have to go and all of the food, there's no alcohol and all of the food has mayonnaise in it and or weird kinds of cheese. Oh. And I can't really tell what anything is because everything's like a casserole and I can't slip at all. I've got to watch my language, but I also have to watch. I can't talk about anything that I'm interested mm -hmm. in. There can be no true crime. There can be no aliens. There can be no like snarky asides. There can be no nothing. Nothing. I have to sit there and eat platefuls of mayonnaise and weird cheese casserole foods while saying things like, oh, you betcha, it sure has been humid for three hours. <laughs> That's my I, haunted house. I, I've been in that situation. Um, it's it, so it hard, was, isn't it? It's oh, so it is so hard. The ex and I were invited to the home of, I think he might have been a part-time minister or he could have been a full-time minister at, a, uh, at his house in a small town. And he knew uh, my my future in-laws or, or I guess no, I was married at the time to her. So they were uh, current in-laws, very uh, uh, devoted Christians. And so we were invited to a uh, supper at uh, their parents, friends house. And the parents, friends invited people from the neighborhood to meet us. And we got lost. And we were 20 minutes late, which, you know, I feel badly about, but 20 minutes is not two hours. And we pulled in and they had already sat down and started eating. So obviously it started off badly because the guests of honor were 20 minutes late. There was sweet tea and a hot dog casserole and, and that sort of thing. And if, you know, you make fun of me doing my, uh, soft shoe routine in those. I have never had my feet tapping more than during that day. Because as soon as we leave, I know that this, the preacher is going to call my father-in-law and say, yeah, we had them over and blah. So I'm going, oh my God, I am just, I'm so sorry we were late. Uh, we, we've never been in this part of the area before. And uh, boy, I tell you what, it is beautiful. These are the most charming homes. Thank you so very much, you know, for having us. I, I know that, you know, my wife goes back many years with uh, you and uh, and her, her dad. And I was going on and on like that. And every face was staring at me stone cold.
Listen, mm. I went to a bridal shower and I was, I drove out to the address. I didn't know the people that were throwing the shower. I only knew the mm -hmm. bride really. So I go to the right. bridal shower and again, I don't really know who's who or who the, who even owns the house where the, I don't know which of these ladies is the homeowner. So yeah. you're directed over to the table and there's like two different kinds of punch. One of them is kind of red. The other one's kind of orange and all these little baby cupcakes and stuff. So I lean over to one of the people I did know and jokingly said, now, which one of these punch bowls is spiked? And, and the woman who owned the house said to me, oh, honey, neither, but I'm sure I can find something in the kitchen if you need a drink. <laughs> did you just become, you know, like in cartoons, a character will become real, real small, like, like tiny. Did you just well, become here, tiny? Here's, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be able to get through this occasion without a drink. But a drink sure would not make it the worse, right? Yeah, what do you say right. in that moment? Oh, yes, ma'am. If I can't get some cooking sherry or something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start shaking. Yeah, <laughs> mama needs some hooch. What do you say? Oh, my God. There's nothing you can say. Nothing at all. Yeah, right. so what's your, uh, what's your haunted house? It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by State Farm? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You read it once. Don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. All right, so let's see what you guys think about this. It turns out that um, there's an easy way to know what color looks best on you. You know, you've always heard about like, are you a spring? Are you a winter? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and I think that I'm a winter, and Bob is a fall. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah. I. I think Doc isn't Doc is a summer. Like I think Doc looks really amazing in bright colors. I think Max is a spring. Do you know would you guess what season you might be, Lamar, based on that? Mm. No. This is the first time I anyone's used... ever asked Lamar that question. No, I used to what's know your what season, season, Lamar? What is your season? I used to know this, but I don't know it anymore. So how about wow. your love language? What's your love language, Lamar? <laughs> Could you share that with us? <laughs> Acts of service for me. Words of affirmation yeah. for Bob. How about you? Yeah, I'm affirmation. You? I'm affirmation. And well, I'm we're going to make too. We're going to make this really, really, really easy. Scientists say that the way to determine what color looks best on you has nothing to do with your skin or your hair. It's all about your eyes. People with blue eyes, for example, look best in cool tones. So that would be blues and greens and turquoise, cool, you know, whites that are that tend to be more bluish white than golden white, right? People with dark brown eyes like you, Bob, look best in red and orange. What is your favorite color to wear? It used to be red, uh, I will admit. But um, you bought me a really beautiful brown shirt once and i know that sounds drab but it was a, it was a cool dark chocolate brown shirt and i put that shirt on and i went whoa that really works and I, you know i have brown eyes I, I have brown hair with gray um and i think that's really the best one of the best colors on me i have a jacket that that has a lot of uh browns and a little bit of greens in it that uh, heather said uh, is the best thing that she's ever seen on me. 
Because I think you really are in autumn and you look really good yeah. in warm earth tones, but you look really good in red. And you have always been puzzled why everybody doesn't want to wear red. But it turns out that you instinctively knew what color to wear mm. to look mm. your best. You can actually wear orange and very few people, I think, can wear orange and not look kind of sickly. But you I'm can not wear comfortable like, with it. It's funny, though, because you had an, a kind of an orange sweater. Sweater. I think someone yeah. told you it was red, but it was really orange, and you looked great in it. Anybody else I got, would I got tired like a of people pumpkin. saying. I, I, got, I got tired of people saying, when did you go to Clemson? I went to Clemson. When did you go? What year did you graduate? I just, I <laughs> just got rid of it. Well, I just got rid of um, it. according to uh, the scientist who led this study, said, we have it all wrong with choosing clothing colors. Skin tone is only important at a distance, like if you're a model on a catwalk. But up close, like when you're having lunch with a person or you're on a date or whatever, or a job interview, it's the eyes that you should dress for. So if you have brown eyes, yeah. warm, rich um, colors, reds and orange and chocolate brown and green. If you have blue eyes, stay on the cooler side. If you have hazel eyes, you're lucky because you can kind of go both ways. Um, and unless you have like black eyes and some people do black, um, probably isn't the most flattering color, which even as I say that I'm going to completely ignore it because it's still the color I wear the most and I refuse to change. But yeah, isn't that interesting to think about? Even um, we've gone it our is. whole lives. We've never heard this before. That you should is dress this, for your eyes. Is this just me? Um, a lot of people would like to have blue eyes. You know, blue eyes are they're more unique and so on. And in some people's minds, they're the most beautiful. And I, I've seen people with blue eyes and, you know, they look fantastic. But every once in a while, you come upon somebody with really icy blue eyes. And they're almost spooky looking. Yeah. And you put them in, in a position of, you remember uh, uh, Wooden Teeth? He had, he had those spooky blue those eyes. icy, icy. Pale blue eyes, yeah. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Yeah. Well, it was in Wooden Teeth's case, but. What's, it's, what's it, the it, actor it, that's got those eyes? What is his name? Rucker Howard, did he have icy blue eyes? I feel like he I should have so. had icy yeah. blue eyes. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, yeah I don't know if that's what Lamar is thinking of, but yeah. My no, little, but he, he did too. My little tater tot, Ada, has eyes the color of blue jeans with dark, thick lashes, which I no, think is great. the most perfect combination. So, Lamar, yeah. I know you have brown eyes, right? It's a cross between brown and hazel. Yeah, you're yeah, lucky, man. Too. You can wear anything. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you yeah. two close horses, just able to pull it all off. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's what yeah. And you'll notice, I want you yeah. to think about ah. Max for a second with Max's eyes. Have you ever seen him in red or orange? Nope. Unless it's a Phillies hat, you haven't and you won't. Nope. Because he also knows instinctively and dresses mostly in blues and cool tones. I'm so lucky. I mean, I work with a bunch of men. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for finally recognizing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like the fashion police. And I work with all the sergeants. Let me get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. It's Bob and Sherry. On the current episode of the True Weird Stuff Podcast. They call Disney World in Orlando, Florida, the happiest place on earth. But drive just 325 miles or so north of the Magic Kingdom. 
and you'll find yourself in a place where dreams never came true, unless those dreams were nightmares. They called it a school, but the grounds were littered with unmarked graves. The boys that made it out alive tell of beatings, assault, torture, and murder. And those boys, they were the lucky ones. I waited for the two men who would take me to the White House. I knew the routine well as I had heard about it from any other boys who were taken there. I have never known more fear than when I was told I was going to be taken to this place. My mind was just going crazy with fear. I mean, my thoughts seemed to be swimming in a circle like a cat that had been thrown into a cold river. I was so scared, I could not think straight. Two men picked me up and carried me into a small room which had nothing in it except a bunk bed and a pillow. They put me down on the floor and ordered me to lie in the bed facing the wall. Crying, I pulled myself up onto the edge of the bed wiped the blood from my nose onto my shirt sleeve. When I looked up at the men's faces, they were plain, cold, and hard. They had no expression whatsoever. I knew what was going to happen, and I knew it was going to be very bad. I'd been told what to expect by some of the boys who were taken into the White House. I never heard from some of them again. A new episode drops tomorrow of the True Weird Stuff Podcast. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and the free Bob and Sherry app. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Amy, you got a spooky story to share? Yeah, um, my brother and I grew up in a haunted house, and since we lived there most of our lives, we kind of thought that other people's houses did the same thing that our house did. Uh-huh. And one day after school, we were in middle school, I invited a friend over, and we were in the basement, which was my parents' rec room, and we watched a full-body apparition of a man walk from the top of the stairs all the way down, right past us, within two feet, and out the wall. Now, how do we know you're telling the truth and that this actually happened and you weren't I don't know. Because we asked for listeners for scary moments, <laughs> what? Bob. What? Yeah, you're well, calling her a liar. I'm not calling her a liar. I, 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 need, I need more. I need to hear more. Tell me more. More things that happened in my house? No, no, no. I want to stay with this apparition. That's all okay. I need. That's all I need to know. Could you well, see? he's been th- seen five times. This was the fifth time that he'd been seen in the house. And there weren't any uh, physical details about him. It was just a shadow. But you could tell he was a man. And he just walked very calmly down the stairs and out the wall. And because we had had so many experiences in our house, I mean, I didn't really think anything about it. I'm I, sorry. I he walked. Cool? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hang on. He, this was a shadow. You could tell it was a male. No, an apparition. It was a full uh-huh. body apparition. He walked yeah. down the stairs and through a wall. Yeah, you could see his head, his arms, his legs. What he was he wearing? I'd give anything to be able well, to walk through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see any detail. Nor, we you figured out how time. to put your head through one. Yeah. Now it's just the rest of yeah. them. Um, so, you know, two interesting things here about you, Amy. You said that you'd seen so many weird things in your house that this was no like no big deal. Yeah, we just didn't really think anything about it because so many things had happened over the years. And it was funny because um, as soon as it happened, we went upstairs and had snacks, and we never talked about it again. My friend and I... I gotta be honest. You're so weird, Amy. You're so weird. If I see I a man walk down, walk down the stairs in my cellar and through a wall, 
I don't go have an intimate right after that. Or Count Chocula, perhaps. <laughs> How about your that friend? That was pretty tame compared to some of the other things, so that's why it didn't bother me. But years later, my friend and I met up again when we were in college, and he told me that that was the most profoundly frightening thing that had ever happened to him. And he said he'd never been able to forget about it. I thought you said was that it was your brother that, that no, was No, the friend you. was no, no. there, too. The friend was there, too? Yeah. Wow. So I invited um, a friend over after school. Yeah, 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 got it. And so that's how we ended up seeing And, and guy, how but... clear was the male's body? I, I, I'm, I'm confused. Was it a, You said shadow, but Sherry said it was more vivid than that. Well, it was a dark shape. I mean, you could uh-huh. see the arms and the legs and the head, uh-huh. and you couldn't see uh, facial details or anything like that, but it was tall, so we, you know, yeah. and we had seen him before in the house. We knew he was a man. And your your so, friend just went upstairs with you for some cheese doodles, and nobody said, <laughs> hey, what was with the spooky, weird apparition we just saw in the no, basement? <laughs> he was so shocked that he never talked about it again until we met up years later, and that's when he told me how profoundly that it affected him. And it was funny because my parents dealt with it by blaming my brother and I for all the weird things that happened in the house. But when we moved out, my mom and dad kept having these things that happened, and my mom came and apologized to me years later, and she said, you know, we blamed you guys. And then we went to my dad and asked him, you know, have you had any weird things happen? And he said, thank God. He said, I thought I was going crazy. He would be home alone, and he would hear voices talking to him. Who Who stays there? Who are these stoic people that are like, I'm hearing voices and seeing stuff, but I'm going to keep that on the down low. (laughs) Who are you people? I'd have a for sale sign so fast in that house. (laughs) Well, you know, I lived there from the time I was three until I was 20. So when you're three years old and things happen... You, you get know, you used really to it. Oh, really? well, I mean, you're three. You don't you don't know what's real and what isn't anyway. But when you're like 12 and 13 and 14, you know that people aren't supposed to be able to walk through walls. Would you tell the real estate agent that the place had this man? Who no, it's it? loaded with charm and character. Yeah, it's characters. Curbside <laughs> appeal. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Prepare to be dazzled, unless you already know what I'm about to tell you, in which case, prepare to feel smug. Are you ready? So what what is an object that all of us have used all of our lives? You might be using one right now that you just take for granted. It's so useful. It's so valuable. It's so cheap, so simple, so humble that you never thought about it. I'm talking about the safety pin. So there I am cruising along on the internet, reading a fascinating article about how when a frog eats something that it doesn't, that it, it doesn't like, like let's say it eats something poison, okay? Any frog. So not any frog, but a lot of frogs because there's a gazillion different kinds of frogs. Let's say the frog accidentally eats something poisonous. What they do is they barf up their whole stomach. Their whole stomach comes out. And yes. um, they, and then that stomach okay. per the contents of the stomach get purged, and then the um, the frog eats its own stomach. Did you know that? Isn't that fascinating? So there uh, yeah, I am I reading. Yeah, I mean that's so good, right? Reading about the yeah. frogs who can puke up their own stomach. When I fall into a little clickbait rabbit hole, and I learn that the safety pin was invented in um, by a guy named Walter Hunt. He was an engineer. He was born in like the late 1700s in New York City. And 
he was in debt. He was at $15 in debt, which was a lot of money back then, a lot of money. And he was desperate to find a way to pay his bills and to get himself out of the hole. So he thought, well, maybe I should just invent something. What could it be? So he was playing with a piece of wire and he's folding the wire and he's twisting it. And suddenly he gets an idea. What if he sharpened one end of that wire and then he folded it and tucked it in on itself? And that was the modern safety pin. He added a spring. There's a little tiny spring in a safety pin. He added the spring, which made it more secure and tight. And it went on to become, now this was invented, you know, in the early 1800s. It went on to become something that pretty much everyone uses all the time throughout their lives. He sold the rights to the safety pin for $400, which was a lot of money back then. (laughs) 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 But but not as much as the safety pin was worth. Did you know any of that? Isn't that super cool? That really is amazing. I mean, in something so simple, it almost seems obvious. Like, don't you find that with a lot of the stuff that we use every single day, safety pins are such a great example, toothbrushes, um, you never really hold it in your hand and go, somebody invented this. Because it's such a simple, common, humble object that it never occurs to you to wonder, well, somebody had to make this. There had to be a first safety pin. There had to be a first toothbrush. People used to use, like, sticks, I think. Um, before toothbrushes were invented. Think like toilet bowl plungers. Like think about all of the stuff that's around your house that you never think twice about. Well, just the safety pin. A person invented it. If if you'd never seen one, I mean, it's, you know, we can sit here and, you know, because we've seen safety pins all of our life. But if you had never seen one, it takes something to come up with. I mean, you know, there are just some people that can do that. I, I, I just think it's a, I don't know. It's how, the, it's how people become engineers before they were taught to be engineers, you know? Some people, they just have that is, kind of mind. Yeah, yeah, your brain is. My children's father is a mechanical engineer. His brain is wired to fix things. And he can look at something, something pretty complicated, like an engine. He can look at an engine and understand instinctively how the pieces come together, yep. how to take it apart, how to reassemble it, how to even improve upon it. Now, a woman's body, very mysterious and a completely different thing. But an engine? Like, you can hand him an old car that has been buried under leaves just on the edge of a swamp for 30 years, and he can figure out how to restore it and make it run again. He's just got that kind of brain, and I think that is that is a specific engineering kind of brain. My brother is very much like that. And in fact, he worked for a company and came up with a devised a new way to do something that they had never done before with eye surgery equipment. And uh, so that's my brother and my father both are wired that way. On the other hand, (laughs) 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 the other male in the family. (laughs) Well, I'll remind you all that I learned this about the safety pin because I was reading about frogs that puke up their own stomach. Okay, so it wasn't wasn't like I was enjoying the latest issue of Popular Mechanics either. (laughs) I just was like, dude, 
We are going to say your name on the Bob and Sherry Show, Mr. Engineer Walter Hunt, inventor of the safety pin. We're going to make sure you get a little bit of credit in this century, since I don't think you got any of it back when you invented it. Go to BobandSherry.com to nominate a teacher to win a three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, plus round-trip airfare and vehicle rental from Visit Florida. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. It's Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. All right, here is a little bit of a ghost story, kind of an urban legend that's connected to a classic um, pop rock song that everybody knows. So let me tell you the story. Her name was Mary Ellis, and she lived in New Jersey from 1750 to 1827, and she never, never married. And according to the legend, that's because Mary Ellis fell in love with a sea captain, and he fell in love with her, and he told her, Mary, I am coming back and I'm going to marry you, and I'm going to stay on the land, and we're going to be together forever. And she waited for him to come back. She waited in the same spot overlooking the Raritan River in New Jersey for days, and then the days turned into weeks, into months, into years. She waited for her love to return, but he never did. He never came back. And we don't know if he was lost at sea, Um, If he just changed his mind, if he had a heart attack and died in his sleep, if he married another, we never, ever knew why the Mm. captain didn't come back. But when Mary Ellis died, she had only one request. And that request was that she be buried in that same spot overlooking the river where she had lived most of her days waiting for her true love to return. Now, today... That same spot where Mary Ellis waited for her sea captain to come back is a parking lot for a movie theater. But Mary was never forgotten because many people believe that the band Looking Glass wrote their most famous song about Mary Ellis. Western Bay, and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl. What's her name? In this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. They say the same brandy. So is it true? Was this song written about Mary Ellis, who waited her whole life for her captain to come back? Well, the front man for Looking Glass, Elliot Lurie, said, Actually, my high school girlfriend's name was Randy. And we just made the rest of it up, but it's a great coincidence, and it's a great story. It just isn't true. But it made it clear it couldn't stay. No harbor was his home. The sailor said, Brandon, you're a fine girl. What a good wife 
tell her though, Captain. I'll, I'll tell you a couple a couple little things about this song that I'm seeing here. One is Barry Manilow's big hit "Mandy" was supposed to be called "Brandy," but because of this song, he decided to change the name to "Mandy." How about oh, wow. that, Paul Stanley? You know, for a- for a one-hit wonder, this song has real power, doesn't it? It does. It's, yeah, been, it's, it's a great song. It's been around for a long time. It's made somebody a lot of money. Paul Stanley from Kiss said he heard that song and decided to write the uh, song called Hard Luck Woman, which was a big hit for Kiss back in the day because of this song. He heard it, and that was the inspiration for Kiss's song. You know what kills me about this? Um... I mean, it's not based on the story of Mary Ellis. But can you imagine? Every day, you wait, and you and you die never knowing. Did he not love you? Did something terrible happen? No one could... None of these sailors could get sure. word back to sure. port? Sure. He's a sailor. He's going to different ports. You know. I know. My she- grandma who was married to a Navy man, always told me they get up to Phil. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that it's not as romantic as you might think. I just wanted it. I wanted it to be true. And now I'm so sad for poor Mary Ellis, who's been dead for like 200 years. So if anybody tells you that this song is based on a true story, the band themselves say no. Except your eyes couldn't steal the sailor from the sea. Never come. <laughs> so sad. It's Bob and Cher. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I was looking at dog Halloween costumes online. You know, allegedly the best Halloween dog costumes this year. And it just hit me like, oh, ah. I don't have a dog to dress up this year. So now I've got to live vicariously through you. What are Mojo Cooper and Darby going to be for Halloween? Well, I can tell you that when I suggested they merely wear what they wore last year, that was hit with a certain iciness. They can't go as the same thing as they went last year. People will talk, Max. (laughs) I know. What's Darby going as, Lamar? (sighs) We just get a bandana because when you're Darby, less is more. Okay, less is more. We put the band. We we should get a, a festive bandana with a Halloween theme and knot it up around her neck, and she walks proudly through the neighborhood. Well, let me tell you what I saw, Mister, and you and Carla might want to rethink it. <laughs> it's the spider dog costume. So it goes Whoa. on top of your dog. Your dog has eight furry black and orange spider legs and then over his head is a little headpiece that has four googly spider eyes (laughs) darby's a black standard poodle yep yep, darby could be amazing as a spider dog oh my gosh i gotta look that up i have got to look that up you can, let me let me tell you what, Mister. You can get that on Amazon for about twenty two bucks, and I'm sending it to you because you're going to be like, "Oh, I changed my mind. That dog is not getting a bandana. That dog no, needs to I'm get loving that. a I'm spider loving that. dog costume." <laughs> 
One of my very, very, I just sent it to you. One of my very, very favorite Halloweens. I wore my hot dog costume and I had a hot dog costume for Sam. And we went, we went trick-or-treating together as a hot dog and a cocktail weenie. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I had a, I had a very good time. I miss my little dog. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.